Here it is. Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. They call me Chouse. Welcoming you back to another episode. I know it's been uh, a few weeks uh, since we've had our last cast, but I mean, we've been in the lab just grinding out the work right now for our site, for other sites. I mean, we started another podcast with the Fantasy Headliners, and uh, we're just grinding out the draft guides because the Fantasy Football draft guides will be coming up for sale shortly, including the ADF playbook that was released last year has uh, on Amazon, has been uh, uh, an ongoing thing for free in the past, but we did uh, push it out to Amazon last uh, season for all of the the listeners that aren't aware. Uh, So we will be pushing that out again this year. So, I mean, the work has just been steady, and it's been great grinding hard so i mean that has been the reason why the adf underground hasn't seen another episode in in a few weeks apologize for that but we're back i'm back ready to keep going with this great game of football but i mean before we get into it i realize that this is a football show but i mean this is also my platform so uh it's a great opportunity to speak out what's going on right now in america with the rioting and the protesting of what happened um i i don't want to get too much into it i mean everybody has been watching the news and seeing what's going on seeing what's transpiring and i mean it's a it's a sickening display of rioting i mean i i get the point i mean um and i'm and i'm supportive of the protesting obviously the injustice that's happening needs to be resolved needs to change uh the way the system operates obviously needs to change but i mean what what's the solving what's the solution when it comes to all the rioting the the burning down of buildings burning your cities down i mean i'm in support of all these mayors who come out and like the atlanta mayor who came out and said you know this is our city what are you doing to the city um i i i i'm i'm baffled that every single thing has to lead to violence um i understand the anger and the frustration of why it is transpiring this way but i mean there has to always be a better way i'm always about the peace i'm always about you know how can we make this better through dialogue and i get it i mean people are going to say we've been talking or uh, people have been talking for a long time and nothing changes i mean i get it i understand it um um but there has to be a better way. There has to be a way that things can change so that everybody can be looked at and viewed upon as equals uh, in this world. I'm all about the harmony harmony, and, and the harmonious uh, way that we should be acting towards each other. Um, uh, I, we're humanity. It's humankind. We need to be better to each other. So I won't, I won't go too much further than that. I mean, that's my stance. I mean, I'm, I'm not really... Uh, I don't like what's going on right now when you're watching all the news and you're seeing all these businesses and business owners, you know, losing their shops uh, for everything that they stand for, for financially. And and they have to deal with this, too. So, I mean, it's not a good it's not a good site and something definitely needs to change. So, I mean, outside of that, let's move on to football. Let's move on to what's good with football. And uh, the last episode we had was part one of dissecting the NFL draft, which was the AFC class. 
and I mean uh, let's jump into the NFC uh, since we still have a full plate here with all the NFC teams. We'll start off with the Arizona Cardinals. So they were picking in the eighth uh, eighth overall slot in the first round, and they got a gift with Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. I thought this was just brilliant. I was wondering when Simmons wasn't picked in the in the first five picks how far he was actually going to slip. Were we going to see something like a Derwin James that we saw the the draft prior the year prior uh, where he fell all the way I believe into the late teens Uh, Simmons didn't though he got picked up and snagged up by the Cardinals which I think was absolutely phenomenal Simmons a lot of people want to say that he is a safety but in my mind he is linebacker all the way and I think that's exactly how the Cardinals will be playing him um, this season and moving forward this guy is just an animal he is a game wrecker he is a ball hawk he can do it all he is literally one of the best players to come out of this draft class and and I mean this is a great building block on that defense to add to Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson I mean this is going to be beautiful to witness and watch as the season goes on as their draft continued they had no second round pick and they still got a good one in the third round with Josh Jones offensive tackle so another massive need filled for this club knowing the fact that they have Kyler Murray he is progressing he is the young uh, young up and coming franchise quarterback for the team they now have DeAndre Hopkins they moved on from uh, David Johnson they have Kenyon Drake so they need a better offensive line we knew this I mean that was a big problem for them last season and years prior so now they get Jones on that uh, tackle spot so that will Will definitely help them and I mean outside of this draft we did see uh, uh, the seventh round pick Enzo Benjamin he is the running back from Arizona State I've seen a lot of chatter on this guy where people believe that he could actually have a role as if not the season goes on perhaps next year I'm not as sold as many are I really want to see him play in the pros um, his college productivity was uh, it was decent to say the least. I'm I'm just not necessarily um, over enthused about what he's going to be able to do in the NFL. But I mean, he he has he has ability. He has uh, good traits. But we'll see. I mean, a lot of people definitely pumping him up more than we would. But I mean, as for the the entire draft class, they did take another two defensive tackles and then rounded out the linebacker. So, I mean, it was a good draft in the sense that they got Simmons and Jones, and 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 those are two key building blocks for needs that they really had. So moving right along, let's move to the Atlanta Falcons, who definitely, definitely needed help on the defensive side of the ball. We all know this. I mean, this is their weakness on their club at this point. When you see uh, Keanu Neal and uh, uh, the linebacker, Dion. Uh, Deion Jones, excuse me, uh, when you see them having uh, falters with injuries these last couple seasons, you can you can totally see and tell how the defense changes, how, how the weaknesses come out because they were the staple on that defense. So they started off, I mean, Atlanta had uh, Trufant left in free agency or they released him, I believe, and they, had, uh, they changed that up and they drafted A.J. Terrell from Clemson. I like this pick a lot. I mean, a lot of people weren't on, on board with Terrell thinking that he is uh, easily burned. I mean, uh, I, I think he is a good, solid corner. He breaks very fast, and I think he'll slot in, obviously, day one 
one as the starter with a with a weaker defensive secondary. That's for sure. So in the second round, they move that up with Marlon Davidson. I like this pick, the defensive tackle from Auburn. They needed more help for that defensive line. I mean, this has been another problem: not getting enough sacks, not getting enough pressure, and this man definitely fills the fills the holes, fits the bill. They added sent a center, Matt Hennessy from Temple. I mean, you can't help but like this one because of the fact it's added depth. I believe he has guard play potential as well. Um, so you definitely you definitely have depth in that position. But I mean, outside of this, I didn't really care for the Falcons draft class a, a, a whole great deal. I mean, Atlanta is definitely still solid offensively. Um, they brought Todd Gurley and we know this. Um, you still have Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. The offensive line isn't terrible whatsoever. Um, I think they can improve with better play, but they definitely are, are there and they're going to be good. But the defensive side of the ball where Coach Quinn is, this is his forte. He needs to uh, revamp the entire defense and bring it to respectable levels if they want to be competitive now in a division that holds Tom Brady, Drew Brees. I mean, this is going to be an extremely difficult division to to uh, even, even snag a wild card out of, let alone win the entire division overall. So, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't love the Falcons draft class, but, I mean, they did add a few big pieces that will help them move forward, um, but they definitely could have done a lot better. So moving to another NFC South uh, division rival of the Falcons is the Carolina Panthers. And we knew the changeover now with new head coach, uh, another new head or a new head coach, another new offensive coordinator, I should say. And I mean, the defense completely was gutted uh, this offseason through free agency. Cam Newton is no longer on the club. So, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater comes on board. Um, they sign a, a receiver and I, uh, Robbie Anderson. And I mean, what what do we really expect the Carolina Panthers to be? So when we start looking at their draft class, it is not even close to think that this wasn't done on purpose, that the entire draft class for the Panthers was selected on the defensive side of the ball. First pick, seventh overall, they get a baller in Derrick Brown from Auburn defensive tackle. This guy is considered and should be the best uh, defensive uh, tackle in the entire class. He is an absolute beast. He can pass rush. He's great in run stopping. I mean, they got excellent, uh, an excellent player who has the, the elite level speed and size. I mean, he is going to be a force and there was a massive hole left on this defensive line um, when when free agency hit, they just couldn't sign everybody, and they they let pretty much everybody walk. And they follow that up in the second round with Yatur Gross Matos. This was a great one as well. I couldn't believe that uh, Gross Matos fell this low in the second round. Second round, sixth pick overall. Uh, that's an absolute steal in my opinion. I I believe that. They hit the home runs on this defensive line. They knew they had to get younger. They knew they wanted to chop off salary, which is what they did. Um, McCoy is no longer there. Do uh, Poe is no longer there. So, I mean, this is exactly what you needed. You got your defensive tackle. You got your edge rusher. And now you can move forward. I mean, Mario Addison, now he's gone. He went to the Buffalo Bills. So these two first picks I was over the moon for uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Third, they went in or their third pick, second round still, 32nd overall, was Jeremy Chin, safety. 
This kid is another baller. I mean, he's he's great leaping ability for 50-50 balls. He's versatile in big plays. I mean, he is a I think he, they say he's an above average tackler. I think he's actually better than that. He will be in the box. He will be helping out in the run game, especially now that Luke Keekley is no longer there. They needed to have some more depth for for their safeties to come down and help out in the run game. So I mean, I love that pick. Absolutely. And then in the fourth round, they selected Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame, the defensive back. He was ranked a lot lower in a lot of categories, but I think he's very good in zone coverage. If this is going to continue to be the scheme in Carolina, I mean, they got they got picked apart in free agency on this uh, on the secondary as well. So, I mean, if 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 Troy Pride Jr. can come in and and even play uh, an 85 percent role, I mean, I think that's a score for the secondary as well, especially in the fourth round. I mean, outside of that, again, they added another safety. They added a defensive tackle and another defensive back. So, I mean, like we said, this had to be a defensive draft for this club, and they totally hit it on all categories. We we Do we really know what this offense is going to be under Teddy Bridgewater? No. Um, their offensive line isn't great. So, I mean, the offense is going to continue to run through Christian McCaffrey. Um, they didn't, They now have Robbie Anderson, and they always had uh, DJ Moore. So, I mean, can they be that offense that can help out a young defense ready to build? I just don't see it. I mean, it's going to be very difficult for them. But, I mean, I don't hate their draft class. They did what they had to do. Um, to rectify a lot of needs on the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, from that perspective, you really got to like what they do. So next one on our board, we had the Chicago Bears. And this is another club that I just don't understand the direction whatsoever. I mean, Matt Nagy, when he came in on year one, I was I was excited. I thought, hey, um, you know, he could actually revamp this offense, help Mitchell Trubisky, and, and everything just went sideways last season. I mean, they just couldn't get out of their own way. Everything was going wrong. And then they start this draft off. In the second round, they had no first-round pick for that trade with Khalil Mack um, with the Raiders. And they, they start off with a tight end with Cole Kemet from Notre Dame. I mean, this is perhaps the best tight end in the class, but did you really require a tight end at this point? Um, I don't see it. I mean, you have Jimmy Graham. Um, you still have Adam Shaheen. Um, I, I, I just I don't understand the need for using a, a, a top pick, especially in the second round, for a tight end. Um, granted, I mean, maybe we, we start to see Jimmy Graham stay on the line. Perhaps Kemp can come in and, and be a, a blocker. He's, he isn't an overpowering blocker, but, I mean, perhaps he could learn, and that's what they're hoping for, uh, keep Jimmy Graham on the line to help the inadequacy of this offensive line because the Bears' offensive line is obviously in shambles as well. Mitchell Trubisky is going to be running for his life once again, or it could be Nick Foles. Who knows? But moving along in their draft, they did have to solidify the defensive back position because Prince of Mukamura, he also was left off the team. And they went Jalen Johnson from Utah. This kid is actually really good. I like him. He has average uh, average size, length, and top end speed. But, I mean, he is uh, uh, very effective at uh, press coverage. Uh, great balance. He's he's 
quick and he's he has some ins- inconsistencies, but I think he's he's very solid. And I think on this defense, which is still loaded with top elite talent, I think he is going to fit in uh, perfectly and he will learn. Um, you might not see him uh, get the fruits of his labor um, until maybe the midway point around the eighth week of the season. So, I mean, he is a good pick. I really like that one. But when we start to dissect the rest of this draft class, I mean, there isn't really a whole heck of a lot to get excited about. The Bears literally had no draft picks. They had two second rounders, and then they had nothing until the fifth round. They had three fifths and two sevenths. And I mean, it shows in in either their scouting department or I don't even know, because this this draft class to me is very subpar especially for a team who is loaded on the defensive side, and it just seems like you couldn't help your offense at all, at all. Um, I really didn't like their class at all. I think it's going to hinder them quite a bit, and and could this be the end of Matt Nagy in his early tenure with the Bears? I mean, I would not be surprised given the lack of talent from this draft class as well. So the next one we had is the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so this was a very, very good draft for the Dallas Cowboys. With everything they have going on, they hired Mike McCarthy to take over as the head coach. Um, Obviously, Dak Prescott is the wild card because he wants to get paid, um, but we have a feeling he's going to be back. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, but I just don't see Dak sitting out. And they hit home run after home run in this draft, and I mean all other NFL teams should be ashamed of themselves for what they allowed to transpire for this draft for them. First pick, 17th overall, the Dallas Cowboys get the gift, gold-wrapped, bow on it, of the draft, C.D. Lamb. How do you allow this to happen? Teams ahead of Dallas, 16 other teams allowed CeeDee Lamb to fall into the lap of Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. I was baffled. I was shocked. I was I I couldn't even speak. It was unbelievable to to have witnessed what this I could. I'm still speechless. You have Amari Cooper. You have Michael Gallup. You have Zeke Elliott. Now you have CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb was my highest rated wide receiver coming out of this draft class. He is truly an elite level prospect. Don't get it twisted. A lot of people wanted to say Jerry Judy. I like Judy a lot as well. But Lamb is that true elite wide receiver one. Elite ball tracking ability. And I mean, while the speed isn't necessarily elite, his speed is very sound. And his biggest his biggest attribute is how elusive he is. He is so shifty when he has the ball in his hand he makes defenders miss all over the field he has great hands his routes are a plus no question about it great balance and change of direction and he he does have run blocking ability so i mean my nfl comp for him was aj green coming into the draft and i and i think the cowboys just hit a home run massively and and people want to question why draft CD Lamb if you have Cooper and you have Gallup and it's not to question uh, uh, Gallup I think it's more to question Amari Cooper I think um, they did give him money they they paid up to uh, to Cooper this offseason. I, I believe it was a five year hundred million dollar deal but there's stipulations in his contract I believe they can get out after the second season so 
and, and it's going to cost them very little in dead funds. So, I mean, C.D. Lamb could be the heir apparent very quickly in Dallas to be that number one target, and you're going to see it this season. I mean, people are going to question where the targets are going to come from, but, I mean, Dak Prescott was able to throw the ball uh, over 5,000 yards this season, and Mike McCarthy comes in, and he is uh, known historically to be a, a pass-heavy coach. So I, I love this move. I think uh, they stole it. Dallas should be Dallas fans, you guys should be laughing all the way to the bank on that one for many years to come. Second round, they hit another home run, selecting Stephon Diggs, Buffalo Bills' Stephon Diggs' brother, Trayvon Diggs from Alabama. I still couldn't believe this one happened either, that Diggs fell this far. He is a very good athlete, great size, long arms, solid straight line speed. I mean, the list goes on and on. Diggs is the best in press man coverage and cover three. He is a phenomenal talent, and he will show it in the Cowboys, with the Cowboys. Um, um, this is like you got two unbelievable talents in the first and second round on a club that is already stacked on paper. They did lo- uh, lose Byron Jones to free agency, and I think they they filled the hole and then some. Um, Diggs is a great player. If you think Byron Jones was good, Diggs is just as good, if not better. So I love that pick a whole heck of a lot. And then you move to the third round, and the and the glory just continues for the Cowboys as they get Neville Galmore. He is from Oklahoma. He is a defensive tackle nightmare. Three hundred four pounds, good size at six foot two. This is what they needed. They needed more run stuffing help to help the edge rushing presence on this club. I like this move a whole heck of a lot. It is a lot of depth. It's it's a great signing for them as well. They follow that up in the fourth round with Reggie Roberts in the second. I was a little bit uneven on this one, but again, this is more depth move. I think the secondary really needs more depth, um, uh, so it was a good move all around. Drafting Tyler Badias, Wisconsin center. They needed a replacement. I mean, Travis Fedrick, he, he retired uh, surprisingly with injury. Um, he, he said he had enough. He couldn't do it anymore. So, I mean, this should be the filler for them. And he's a good player. Again, and they, they wrap it up with another defensive tackle and a quarterback that may not uh, land on the opening day roster. But, I mean, when you look at it with CeeDee Lamb, Diggs, and Gollimore, I mean, that's just straight-up home run central for the Dallas Cowboys. You can't hate one part of that draft class whatsoever. Moving to a team that I I like, but, I mean, I struggle with, and it's the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, this club has been up and down never really able to find any kind of traction when they do they get injuries like last year they were playing extremely well and Matthew Stafford goes down the year before they had issues because Matt Patricia was trying to install uh, what looked like the the Patriot Belichick way in Detroit Matthew Stafford and other players weren't necessarily having it so I mean what do we expect from the Lions this year well let me let me break it down to you so they were picking third overall in this draft and they hit a slam dunk. This is a slam dunk with Jeff Akuda, defensive back. I really thought they were going to go Simmons here. I, I think they need another linebacker. But, I mean, when you go Jeff Akuda, obviously because uh, they lost Darius Slay uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles in free agency. Uh, or was it a trade? Sorry. Uh, and, and, I mean, 
you had a massive hole to fill. And I just I didn't understand why you would let Slay go, but this is why. You got Jeff Akuda from Ohio State. He is truly uh, an elite-level prospect at the position. He will be an island. This guy is unbelievably talented, fills all the needs, gets off blocks. He's very tough, good at press coverage. He's very smooth, no locking in those hips. His his transition game is fantastic. I love this pick a lot. He's going to slot in day one as a day one starter for this defense. And, and I mean, the improvements should be coming. I mean, when it comes from Matt Patricia, who is the defensive uh, mastermind from the Patriots, I mean, this is the type of player you build a defense around. That's that's absolutely no kidding about it. And when they moved to the second round, third pick in the second round, they went off what we believe they were going to do, but they hit another home run, and that is DeAndre Swift. So I've had many conversations with my colleagues on this running back, and I'm sold. DeAndre Swift from Georgia, he is an absolute matchup nightmare, and a lot of people will argue it, and I just don't understand why. So he was my number one ranked running back coming out of this class. It was very close with him and Jonathan Taylor. I I may switch up my my ranking system simply because we're Taylor landed with the Colts. I think it's going to give him a lot more uh, uh, potential to do damage on the field. But DeAndre Swift, don't get it twisted. He is a phenomenal running back. But a lot of people still are on the carry on Johnson bandwagon. I am not. Uh, you fall if you follow my work, which I think you do. Um, carry on Johnson to me. Yes, he's young. Um, does he still have potential? Sure. I'm not going to throw him away with the bathwater, but I mean, um, I believe DeAndre Swift is the guy for this offense. Um, my NFL comp for him was D'Angelo Williams, but I think he's a little bit more uh, fleet-footed than D'Angelo Williams was. His acceleration is his uh, staple. It's not the breakaway speed. It's the burst that comes out of there. It's he's He's got great, great acceleration. His, his change of direction is unbelievably elite. I mean, he's going to make people miss in a phone booth, like literally. I mean, that's the cliche, but I mean, he is that good and shifty. His, his cuts are very fluid, cuts with ease. His vision is fantastic. Everything athletic, movable ability he has, the spin move, very good. He's very patient. It's it's somewhat reminiscent of like the Le'Veon Bell, the Joe Mixon, where they actually wait. Uh, not saying that he's going to be that effective in this Lions offense, um, but this is the type of player that he definitely, definitely is. And he is a great receiver. I mean, his 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 pass pro is is better than average. So I mean, you can't. You can't sit here and tell me that DeAndre Swift coming into Detroit, he is not going to take the boatload of the carries. Uh, I'm even going to say, I was going to say midway point, but I'm going to say, okay, uh, week, weeks, uh, or week six. Let's just say week six, I think DeAndre Swift becomes that guy in this offense. He's going to be a great out for Matthew Stafford with this receiving core with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones uh, and company. I mean, uh, how can you hate this at all? I think this is a great, great draft pick. When it comes down to linebacker, they went to Notre Dame third round. This was a big hole. They got uh, Julian 
Okawara. I mean, I'm okay with this. They needed depth, period. They needed some help in that linebacker position. It was it was must, must needed. I mean, this defense has holes, and, and defensive back and linebacker were two of them. Um, so you can definitely see this kid. He, he should make a case for himself uh, if we get training camp, and, and he will provide uh, uh, defense that is much needed for the Lions in this in this regard. As for the rest of their draft class, I mean, I wasn't overly excited. Wide receiver from Wisconsin, uh, Quintez uh, Cyphus. Uh, I'm I'm not as hyped on this kid as a lot of people. Uh, excuse me, a lot of people were. I mean, he's very physically gifted. He's very quick. Um, but I'm not I'm not overly sold on his game. I think there's a lot of inconsistency uh, there that he will have to work out. I mean, his his draft grades, scouting grades were not great by the masses. I, I basically fall with them in that opinion. Um, does he have potential? If he can make this roster on special teams, I believe he can be a, a, a decent wide receiver who comes in from time to time and potentially can learn and steal a role. Um, but it's going to take at least two to three years before you see anything positive uh, from this man come uh, come about. And then in the fifth round, they did uh, Jason Huntley from New Mexico State, this running back. He is a very small shifty back different type of back you're gonna you're gonna want to see him like a, a a lighter darren sproles i think this is kind of his role he will be that pass catching back just like a, a the mckissick just like a mckissick same role that he had last year this is what huntley's gonna do um and and i mean he's a good player i mean nothing to get overly excited about he's not going to change the entire dynamic of how the lions operate but he's a good kid good player i don't mind that draft pick whatsoever so i mean that is the lions class you can't hate it it was a very very solid class Moving on to a division foe of the Lions, it's the Green Bay Packers. They completely failed in this draft in my eyes. And I mean, could they stun everybody with how they did this? I I have no doubt. Um, the Green Bay Packers are historically and notoriously very good at drafting talent that others deem irrelevant. And and I believe that uh, from where I sit right now, I'm not going to say I hate it, um, but it definitely gets a low grade uh, for whatever that takes right now. And the reason is, is that they drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Um, we know the inadequacy of this Green Bay offense, and I mean, signing Devin Funches to the group, I like it. Um, uh, obviously, Funches hasn't been the receiver that everyone thought he was going to be coming out of college, uh, converted tight end, etc. I like the signing. I think it's good for uh, Devontae Adams. It's good for Aaron Rodgers. You have another tall, able wide receiver who can make the plays. Um, I think Funches is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Only because he was injured last year, we could have seen the the, the rejuvenation of his career um, with the Colts, but it just never transpired, right? So this is why it's a little bit interesting to see Jordan Love be drafted with their first pick, twenty six overall. They're already banking for the future, and and this concerns me if I am an Aaron Rodgers guy, simply because. What's his mentality going to be? I mean, this is how he started in the NFL, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers was the backup drafted late in in the first round. He sat and waited for his name to be called. His team, the 49ers, that he wanted to go to passed him up. And now the exact same scenario has come to pass. 
I like Jordan Love. Let me get that on the on the record right away. I like this kid a lot. I think he has ample and loads of ability. Um, his arm is just rocket. It's elite. Um, will he play in the next two years? I mean, we'll see. Um, but when you're talking about a Green Bay Packers team who made it to the NFC Championship game against those San Francisco 49ers and you don't add offensive line help, you don't add wide receiver help in one of the most stacked wide receiver classes that I have ever seen, um, there are question marks, uh, definite question marks in my mind. Um, I think they should have went a different route, but that just obviously goes to the point that the head coach in Green Bay, he loves the run. And he's going to utilize the run. And that's a great segue for their number two pick overall. Uh, or number two pick 30th overall in the second round. And that is Boston College's A.J. Dillon. Running back. He is the bruiser. He is the pounder. Six foot tall. 247. This guy is a beast. Is he uh, nimble and agile? I'm going to have to say no. I didn't see that on tape at all. I, I reviewed quite a bit of his tape, and he is that guy that you want. Um, he's he's going to be that perfect complement to Aaron Jones. Um, for fantasy football owners, this does this hurt Aaron Jones? Absolutely it does. Dylan will steal every single red zone carry possible. He just has that ability. And 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 when you discuss Matt LaFleur, the head coach, and you, you discuss how he wants his offense to be, there's no question that Green Bay was more balanced last season, and, and Dylan will definitely add to that balance as well. You're going to have Aaron Jones become the, the uh, a more – uh, involved receiver in this offense now that they don't have the adequate depth at wide receiver. I think PPR points for fantasy football. I think Aaron Jones is your guy. Uh, when it comes to red zone and touchdowns, you're not going to see much from Jones unless he breaks one because Dylan will take over that role, and it's it's definitely going to be his. Um, I'm not the biggest supporter of A.J. Dillon. I think he has good ability, but do I believe he is a solid three-down back? No. Um, he definitely is that one-two punch tandem um, that will give you that change of pace where you have a more dynamic runner uh, where Dylan is more that, uh, that like I said, the bruising type of back that's going to bowl over, get you the first down on third and short, get you the touchdown on, on you know inside the five-yard line. It's going to be very difficult for him to uh, be stopped. So, I mean, outside of that, I really didn't like this draft class whatsoever. I mean, Kamal Martin from Minnesota, the linebacker, Decent selection in the fifth round. Nothing overly uh, uh, magical to get excited about. But, I mean, they have holes. They have holes. And it looks in this class that they drafted specifically for need rather than the talent uh, that was on the board. So, I mean, all in all, I mean, they were filling holes, like I said, all over the board, getting another offensive guard center in the sixth round. So, I mean, if these guys can pan out to be starters, you have John uh, Runyon, offensive guard from Michigan, I mean, he wasn't highly touted, and his his grades coming in were not that great. You have Jake Hansen, a center from Oregon. I mean, that's a little bit better. He is six foot four, three oh three, but I mean, he's a work in progress as well. Then they follow that up again with an offensive tackle, uh, Simon Stepanak, Stepniak. And I mean, again, his draft grade was nothing overly spectacular, especially being drafted in the sixth round. So the Packers, if they did their homework well and these three offensive linemen actually hit, then you know what, bravo. Then I'm going to eat my words and say that I don't know what I'm talking about, about how they draft their club. 
um, because this is this is huge. Um, you need more protection for Aaron Rodgers, and you went and tried to find it in the in the latter part parts of the draft in the sixth round with your with your three picks. So I didn't like it. I think they should have went a little bit in a lot of different directions, um, and they should have left Jordan Love uh, to the second round because I really wonder who would have snagged him ahead. Uh, even if they had to trade up in the second round, I think you could have got a, a unbelievable wide receiver to pair up with uh, Devonte Adams, and then you could have got Love in the second round. So, I mean, that's my opinion on the matter, um, and and we'll move right along. Next team on the board is the L.A. Rams and the struggling L.A. Rams to find their way back. Um, to the postseason they now play in a division that is stacked with the seattle seahawks the up-and-coming arizona cardinals um, obviously the san francisco 49ers so the rams i mean here they went this off season they got rid of brandon cooks the offensive line is still in shambles they got rid of todd Gurley. Um, they moved pieces off the defensive side of the ball this is going to be a drastically different club um, in the new year. And, and I mean, rightfully so. They just couldn't fit the bill last year. But when it comes to this draft class, I actually like it a lot. Their first four picks were all from the second and the third round. They had two picks uh, uh, in both rounds. No first round pick because that went to Jalen Ramsey to the to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And with their first pick, they take Cam Akers, uh, Florida State running back. And I mean, I had dived in, dove into his tape uh, uh, quite a bit, and the more I watched it, the more I was impressed. Um, I'm not completely sold on him. I really want to see what he can do in the pros, but I mean, he has good speed. I'll break it down. He has solid burst and acceleration, nice cuts in open field, gets to the edge well. He is deceptively strong. He is hard to tackle. That is one thing he is very good at. He has extremely high value on the screens, in the screen game, and he will be taken advantage of in that regard by Sean McVay, no question in my mind. The issue with him is the fumbles and the lack of home run plays. This is... You didn't see it. His yards per carry was was pretty low. Um, granted, the issue and the argument has been that in Florida State he was playing behind an anemic offensive line, and I mean that's not really going to change for him with the Rams. The Rams' offensive line is not very good. Um, so Jared Goff, he won't have a lot of time to throw the ball. So perhaps this is why Acres was brought in to be that outlet receiver out of the backfield. Um, um, maybe that's his role. Maybe he becomes a PPR darling. My NFL comp on him was Giovanni Bernard. I mean, it's not high praise for a running back. Obviously, Bernard, he is talented, but he never was able to establish himself as anything overly credible in the in the NFL. But I still I still like this pick a lot. I mean, they still have Henderson in the backfield, so maybe they form a nice one-two punch and 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 that's what it'll be second pick they had in the second round five picks later was van jefferson from florida uh the florida gators i love this kid i mean he didn't score well in a lot of traits a lot of tests he really didn't fit the bill for a lot but for me i'm gonna jump it out right off the bat and i'm gonna say this guy reminded me of reggie wayne uh, on tape. I mean, it was like a mirror image. When you watch Reggie Wayne play and you watch Van Jefferson play, it was like looking in a mirror. Um, he is, his body frame is fantastic. Good speed. His release is is what separates him, I think, from a lot of receivers. His double move is, is bar none. It's very good. Solid hands. 
great in the slot, and he can also play outside. So this gives the uh, the Rams the ability to move their receivers all over the field. Obviously, you had Brandon Cooks gone. Josh Reynolds is probably going to take over the next role, but I would not discount Van Jefferson from finding ways to get into this offense. His routes are the issue. They take a little bit longer to develop, but he does sell that slant with his fabulous release. And the issue at hand was the meek production in college. I mean, this is what kept a lot of the scouts away. He just couldn't put it all together on the field. And and to me, when he did, is that's how you should be viewing this wide receiver. When you look at the success that he did have, um, and you can coach this up. I mean, ability, you can't coach ability. You can't coach speed. You can't coach all these things. You can coach up fundamentals. And if, if they coach up the fundamentals on, on uh, Van Jefferson, I think the Rams actually got a steal in the second round. Moving to the third, la- or third round, they needed a linebacker. Obviously, they had holes, and they got Terrell Lewis from Alabama. 6'5", 262. I like this guy as well. He's very long arms, powerful guy, elite speed. So that is exactly what they needed athleticism and elite speed this is what they get with Terrell Lewis I think this was a fabulous move you now become younger you now have a hard-nosed linebacker that you were looking for he's outside linebacker he can blitz he can find the quarterback he can help on the run I like this pick a lot following that up in the third round they go Terrell Burgess the safety from Utah another need and another great player he is extremely versatile very tough to play against he drops in the box on the line over the slot he's very dynamic that way he can be moved around the line and this is kind of where the NFL is going you want to have some of these tweener type guys where you can you can move them all over the field and and get this productivity I mean this to me was the bread and butter of the Rams draft this season uh, this year and, and 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 I think it could pay dividends I mean we need to see um, how Mc, coach McVeigh uh, integrates these young players into his offense into his defense. Um, but I think it's going to work out extremely well. They had to change. I mean, they had a lot of older players on this club that just weren't performing and were highly and grossly overpaid. So I, I like the top four picks, and that's without having a first-round pick in, in this draft. So I got to give kudos to the L.A. Rams for the most part. The rest of it looks to be more depth pieces. I mean, there isn't anything that jumps out uh, off off the tape of these, these young fellas. So the next one we had was the Minnesota Vikings, and this was a very important draft for this club I mean they had offensive line issues like a lot of teams Um, they had wide receiver issues now that they traded Stefan Diggs to the Buffalo Bills you have defensive issues littered all over your roster now with releases of uh, Xavier Rhodes you had uh, your defensive line had issues I believe it was Griffin who was released Um, so you have issues I believe they lost the biggest issue was they lost I believe three of their four starters on that defensive secondary, and two of them went to the Cincinnati Bengals. So, uh, yeah, Trey Waynes and uh, the other man, he, he, his name vades me right now. But, I mean, this is you were gutted on that back end of the defense. You now have Harrison Smith uh, left with, I believe, Hughes as the only defensive back. So there was a lot. I mean, you had very key skill positions you had to fill on this roster, and you had to do it simultaneously. So... What they would do with their two first-round picks, first of all, they went Justin Jefferson, LSU. I loved this pick more than you know. Justin Jefferson, to me, 
is one of those players who is just going to come in and be successful. There's no question about it. My NFL comp for him was Victor Cruz. I did extensive work and study on this player. I think he is an absolutely phenomenal talent. Yes, did he play on a spectacular LSU offense last season? Absolutely. But you can't take away what he is. He's got great size. He's fast. He was faster than expected um, from the combine than what you see on tape. That is a massive increase. That is exactly what rose him through the draft boards of other NFL teams. His his route tree is above average. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that's where he's elite. But again, that's a coachable trait that you can give this young fellow. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. But my opinion is he'll be very successful in the slot. I mean, he's gonna have to probably take over for digs um which is understandable he can do it i mean will he be as successful statistically i would say no i think his role should be more dictated towards the slot his hands are unbelievable he catches everything that comes his way he is a great high pointer of the ball so when the ball is in the air and he has to battle those defensive backs. He just he times his jump perfectly nearly every time. He's very consistent. He is a true playmaker. He is an elite level wide receiver prospect. I absolutely love this uh, with the with the Buffalo Bills twenty second pick. I think it was an absolute uh, gold uh, gold pick. Absolutely. Following that up, I believe they did trade down. Uh, it was a thirty first pick with uh, yeah, it's from San Francisco, and they landed another great talent in Jeff Glandy from TSU. He is the defensive back. He was very highly touted, and I didn't expect him to go in the first round. I mean, I think the the Vikings shocked some people but this was a definite need and they couldn't pass it up especially at 31 um he's undersized that's his problem but everything else is there top end speed he's got good length i mean he's going to be forced uh, uh, to become a starter from day one simply because they don't have the depth to have these starters but i think he he may get burned early on as he learns the NFL game but from what I saw in college he is uh he is more than more than capable to to play at a high level I think his traits are extremely extremely good they followed that up in the second round with an offensive tackle another must need they got Azara Cleveland from Boise State this guy is a behemoth six foot six 311 pounds his draft scouting grades were out off the charts like literally this guy is going to come in day one he will have that start i won't be surprised at all he is great in the zone heavy uh, run schemes i think this is going to help not only kirk cousins but it's going to help dalvin cook which will also help Kirk Cousins stay off of his back uh, getting sacked. This will improve the pass game um, with more protection, especially for the run. I love that pick a lot. And the rest of this draft, I mean, they had a slew of picks. I can't even count them. They had at least 14, 13 picks in this draft. And I mean, they went defensive back, defensive end, defensive tackle. I mean, they started hitting the the defensive backs. Outside of that, they're going to be a lot of depth talent, but you're going to see on this team a lot of fillers Um, defensively I have a lot of concerns for Minnesota this season offensively I think they will get back on track I think they will find that balance the Kirk Cousins will have a rebound season and I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the offensive coordinator who left for Cleveland uh, coach Stepanski I think it's uh, it's a good move that, that he's gone. I think that Kirk Cousins is is more than uh, just an average quarterback in this league. He's an over 4,000-yard passer. He has supported more than one receiver. 
Um, and with Dalvin Cook running the way he did, I think I think you need to make this a balanced scheme. You need to have the pass set up the run and vice versa. So, I mean, this draft class was they they went for volume. Oh, I believe over over uh, quality in 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 a lot of regards. Um, but but for their first two picks, first three picks, I want to say they hit home runs uh, massively. Um, uh, as you move on, I mean. Uh, you can poke holes definitely. Um, some of these draft grades I'm seeing, it, it wasn't great. Um, so I mean, let's just chalk it up there. I mean, they just filled a bunch of needs that they needed to have with uh, at least three very talented players that are gonna probably, uh, if not uh, absolutely, find their way into starting roles this season. So moving to the uh, New Orleans Saints, they didn't have many picks in this draft whatsoever. They only had four, uh, one in the first, two in the third, and then one in the seventh. So, I mean, they traded their picks. They know they're in win-now mode. Drew Brees will not play forever. And, I mean, this is basically going to be – could this be his last season? It could be. So, I mean, the window is definitely closing for them. Uh, their center did retire, so that is where they moved first with Cesar Ruiz from Michigan center. He is a good player, man. I think this is going to help. I mean, obviously the Saints offense or offensive line is, is still – very stout they're very solid strong uh capable i mean we see it drew Brees stands back there drinking coffee on on many occasions and i mean this was a clear need um they they had to fill the center position uh and, and they did so i mean outside of chemistry i think this is a great pick Moving to the third round, they got a gift with Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Excuse me. He is a very good linebacker. You know, his grade, I believe, was in the 90s when it comes to draft scouting process. I mean, he is a relentless pass rusher, man. He has speed for days to get to the quarterback. Hand-to-hand skills in coverage is very good. His instincts are very good. And this was a position of need for sure on this defense. Outside of that, when you go and dissect the, this roster on paper, there aren't a whole lot of holes that you're going to tell me they have. Uh, the Saints are as complete of a club uh, on paper, like I'm saying, as any in the NFL. I think they will definitely be one of my favorites to challenge for the Super Bowl in 2020. Um, and, and I think it's justified. I think this draft definitely proves it. They didn't have a lot of to a lot of draft capital, and that's simply because they traded away for for the talent that's on this team right now. Um, I think they're a very very sound squad, and and you're gonna see them do a lot of damage. Next on our board, we had the New York Football Giants, and I mean a lot of people again they're criticizing uh, the general manager. Uh, for how he handles the build of this team, Dave Gettleman. Um, I like Dave Gettleman. I'm not going to say a lot of bad things. I think he's done very well. I think there is also the equal amount of sidesteps and, and mistakes that he has. But, I mean, when you dive into his first two picks in this draft is Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney. I couldn't even be – if I'm, a, I'm not even a Giants fan, and I'm enthralled with these two picks. First of all, you get an offensive tackle that you desperately, desperately need in Anthony Thomas from Georgia. He is one of the biggest guys in this draft, 6'5", 3'15", 
215, and he is extremely athletic, very quick. He will be that day one starter at the tackle position, covering up the inadequacy to help out Daniel Jones, to help out Saquon Barkley in this run game. That is just a home run. Not sexy pick, but it is what you needed to do on this offense. Absolutely, you have neglected it far too long, and it was about time they rectified it. When it comes to Xavier McKinney, the safety from Alabama, this one is a beauty. I, I, when I watched his tape, he just explodes off the ball. I mean, he is everywhere, all over the field. He's a great, great tackler. His instincts are all over the place. He can play in multiple positions. I think this is what made him so intriguing to me. I, I really love the ability for him that he plays safety. He can play the nickel. He even jumps in uh, to play that tweener linebacker. I mean, it's it's he's a, he's a talented, talented guy. I was actually shocked that he fell into the second round. He wasn't going to fall much further than that, and the Giants made sure of that. And when it came, comes to the Giants, they back that up with another offensive tackle from UConn, Matt Pert. I mean, he wasn't as highly touted. He is also a big, big man, six foot seven, three eighteen. This is more depth for that offensive line, absolutely. They go back and they get a defensive back, and then they go back again and get offensive guard Shane Lemieux from Oregon. I mean, his grades were not that high, but I actually really like this kid. I think he he was a four year starter. I mean, how can you not like a guy on a team that was a four year starter for Oregon? I mean, he obviously showed he's very good at run blocking. So I mean that that. Definitely bodes well for Saquon um, to, to rebound. And then outside of that, I mean, it's definitely positional fills. You got linebackers littered all over the board. You have another defensive back. Um, so, I mean, they went for, for a lot of need as well after that pick. But, I mean, when you look at it from the perspective of the top picks, uh, they, they did very, very well, and they will compete in this uh, what should be now a much improved um, NFC uh, East. So continuing down the NFC East train, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, and they go with a very interesting draft class. I love their first few picks. I mean, there are question marks, and then as you get down, I still like it even more. I think they did very well. When it comes to their general manager, Roseman, me and him, him and I, we have a very similar outlook when it comes to uh, scouting players and what we look for. When it comes to their first pick, they go Jalen Rager from TSU. This is a home run, man. I mean, if you watch Reger's tape, you will be impressed. There was nothing negative, really, to say about Reger in his uh, in his college production. So, I mean, highlighting the things that he does extremely well. He is very fast, great speed. He isn't the 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 most uh, he isn't the tallest guy, I should say, but he makes up for it in all the ability. He plays bigger than he is. He's extremely athletic, solid frame for his height. I mean, he wins contested catches. It's littered all over his tape, no question about it. He is always there for getting those catches. Very strong hands. He adds to the solid punt return ability. Potential potential NFL slot man. This is what I had on my sheet for him on my scouting report. And I think this is where he's going to do his most damage. He is, my NFL comp for him was Debo Samuel. And I think he's actually even better than Debo Samuel. He will be a nightmare over the middle in this offense, especially if you can have Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson remain healthy for an entire season. If that does happen, I think Rigger is going to have a monster rookie campaign. 
press coverage to me is a little bit of an issue and his route tree can be cleaned up and coached up and I think that will I mean the uh, if, if he finds out how to how to appropriately find space um, get off that press I think that that's why the slot position is going to be fantastic for him I mean if he can take the in route off five yards and go up the field I think that is going to be your money play he will beat safeties he has the speed to do it and he could even out jump your safety so I really like that a lot his vertical was just insane I can't remember what it was but it was it was well well up there as one of the best rookies in this class at the position second round they back up their draft with Jalen Hurts I mean I questioned this one. So this is kind of where their draft kind of got a little bit like, yeah, I don't know. But um, uh, Jalen Hurts, to me, he's a great quarterback. Uh, He has a lot of ability. I kind of see a lot of Tyrod Taylor in him. Um, a little bit better Tyrod Taylor, I should say. I don't want to don't want to make the the narrative sound like he he won't be a good starter in this league because I think he has those traits. But he is to me, he looks like he's always a run first guy. If he can actually adjust his traits in the NFL to 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 form as that pocket guy, I mean, then you could you could make the argument that he's a poor man's Russell Wilson. Um, I've seen it. I I agree with it. I mean, he's accurate. He makes plays with his feet. I mean, there's there's nothing to suggest it can't be done in the NFL and obviously they're hedging their bets the Eagles are with this with this pick in the second round simply because they they don't trust Carson Wentz's health uh, record I mean he constantly finds his way into the medical room at the worst possible times playoff times and 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 obviously going into the to the playoffs with an inexperienced rookie quarterback isn't ideal but I mean he has the ability Hurts does to to lift this squad in the third round I this is another one they went kind of sideways they went uh, linebacker, offensive uh, or outside linebacker, excuse me, from Colorado, Davion Taylor. I didn't really like that pick, but they solved that one right away, coming back the other way with Kayvon Wallace from Clemson. I love this pick. Absolutely. He is, again, much like McKinney was for the New York Giants. He is that guy who can be, uh, he is versatile. He can be moved around all over the uh, defense. He plays safety. He can play nickel corner. He can line up over the slot. His instincts are solid. He's extremely, extremely athletic. I mean, a lot of people want to say that his size just isn't there. But, I mean, for what he does on the field with his ability, I think uh, it, this was an absolute home run and slam dunk in the fourth round, 21st pick. And when you jump into the fifth round, this is another one. I was just extremely ecstatic for the Philadelphia fans. They got John Hightower. When you look at John Hightower, the wide receiver, he is better than people give him credit for. He is from Boise State, so he has great size. His frame is a little slender, and I get that's probably why a lot of scouts were kind of cringing on him. His speed is 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 nearing elite. I mean, he is very fast. His balance is unbelievable. His separation that he creates against uh, defensive backs is is very very solid. You're gonna see that a lot in the NFL. Uh, hit the back shoulder fade and high pointing the ball are nearly automatic. When you watch his film, it's all over the tape. He is very good in in a lot of categories. 
he always tracks the ball as well. That's kind of what I'm saying. So it's like he he high points the ball, but he's always looking for that ball, even at his speed. I mean, it's very good. His route tree is decent. He does have that return ability, and he will probably start as a deep threat until he can round out his 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 route tree and and his uh, his overall game. I mean, my comp for him. I mean, it is high praise. It's Donald Driver, and especially for the Eagles to have snagged him in the fifth round. I mean, that is definitely high praise, but. I mean, I see it. I see it in him. I think he could be a very, very good uh, wide receiver in this league. And I mean, with the way that Alshon Jeffrey and the situation has been going with them, with the Eagles, um, his foot injury, him being a locker room problem, could we see Hightower and Rager be the guys of the future? I could absolutely see it. No question about it. And when it comes down to the sixth round, I did like Quez Watkins as well from Mississippi. This guy is all speed. He could be that uh, mismatched Tavon Austin type of guy. Has return ability as well. Um, his, his playing speed matches his time speed. I mean, that was the comp. He is very fast. He will He will be the guy that you want to streak down the field and throw that deep shot once a game. He will be that guy. And, and I mean, if you pull him, uh, pose him in the backfield to get those dump-offs from Carson Wentz, I mean, that's also an, a, a possibility as well. But he should find some time in the slot. He will be um, uh, not overly used, obviously, but, I mean, he is a player to keep your eye on, absolutely. Next one we had moving more towards the NFC West. We have the Seattle Seahawks. And again, this was a team that I wasn't necessarily overly excited about with their draft. It looked like a lot of need over a lot of uh, talent. But I mean, how can you argue what Pete Carroll does? He always seems to turn out these guys. Um, and with their first three picks, you went Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech outside linebacker you went Darrell Taylor defensive end from Tennessee and then Damian Lewis from LSU offensive guard I mean those are all needs specific needs that this team had and they weren't at that point players who were highly touted and coveted at those draft uh, placements Um, so again you are sitting here wondering what does Pete Carroll see in these players Um, But I won't be surprised if they end up turning out. I'll just say that right now. I do believe that Pete Carroll is one of the best uh, in the NFL at finding talent at lower grade spots. And, and this obviously is is that. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, so I mean, what, what else can I really say about this draft class other than that they were securing more depth um, and, and replacement roster spots? So we'll move to their division rival, the San Francisco 49ers, who I think had some hits and had some misses. I mean, let's go in the first round. They made that trade with the Indianapolis Colts to send their defensive lineman to them. Um, and, and, and they replaced him with Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina. This was an absolute unbelievable pick at 14. Another one of these players that I was very shocked to see fall into the mid uh, first round. And, and Kinlaw is going to be right away, day one on that defensive line, helping them get back to levels that they were last season, and he can do it. I mean, he's got excellent size, long arms. His weight is exceptional. I mean, he is very fast, very quick off the first step. He is going to be a problem for defenses, especially in the middle. He is... 
uh, going to be again. This is how the 49ers are building, offensive line and defensive line. Kyle Shanahan knows. He understands the game of football. He gets that you have to build in the trenches before you build out and round out. And even though they had issues on the salary cap, and that's why they had to make that trade, and I mean, replacing DeForest Buckner, who was an all-star in his own right with Kinlaw, I mean, you, you, you're going to see maybe a year uh, uh, growing pain before he understands and acclimates himself to the pro game. But I mean, this is a great, great first pick. And then following that up in the first round with their, their pick in the 20, uh, 25th overall slot, they go Brandon Ayuk. Ah, this one, man. Arizona State wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. I I sigh only because I have question marks on this receiver. Not to suggest that he isn't talented. I I do believe he has a lot of ability. Um, but when it comes to the overall aspect of drafting him in the first round i think this was a little bit of a reach i mean okay he's faster on tape than he was at the combine i mean kyle shanahan definitely would have seen that as well he's extremely a fluid runner elite route breaks this is what what caught my eye is that his route breaks are so crisp and clean that he will make uh, uh, break some ankles for defensive backs. There's no question about that. His release is fabulous. His yards per average was fantastic. I think that's another aspect of his game. He will try to be that playmaker because he is a natural playmaker. He's very shifty, soft hands. He has punt return ability as well. Again, he had the press coverage could be an issue, but the other issue is that he had that core surgery uh, this season, uh, this offseason. So, I mean, there are red flags on the man. Um, do I believe he comes in and, and steals the show? I could see it. Um, I just think there's a lot of risk. There's more risk than uh, uh, some of the other wide receivers that were drafted uh, in the second round even. So, I mean, um, do I hate it? No, simply because you have Debo Samuel, who who really took a huge leap forward last season, um, becoming perhaps the the number one uh, wide receiver on this 49ers offense. But, I mean, Ayuk will definitely play a role um, in this in this offense uh, unless we see him take a sidestep. I mean, we again, the issue is chemistry and, and team building, and we might not see that with this COVID problem. I mean, we may not see training camp start. We may miss a preseason game or two. We'll see what happens. I mean, but Ayuk definitely will improve with snaps, with practices, and that's what I want to see when I see him on the field. Outside of that, I wasn't overly impressed. Jawan Jennings, wide receiver, um, Tennessee, he's a big-bodied receiver, 6'3", 215. I mean, I I am uh, could he carve out himself a role perhaps I just don't really see it to be overly exciting uh, to be honest but I mean that is the 49ers class and moving to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the talk of the town Tom Brady moving to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their draft class again here they go this this draft class to me was one of my favorites without question Tristan Worf's offensive tackle this was the biggest issue in my mind when Tom Brady went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was would this offensive line give him enough time he is over his career we know Tom Brady requires uh, time even though he is one of the fastest release in the NFL I mean this is a different offense that was the Patriots this is the Bucks that was Belichick this is Bruce Arians I mean so we'll see exactly how this offense uh um, uh, moves forward, but I mean, drafting uh, Tristan Worf's uh, in the first round, 13th pick, this is a, a absolute phenomenal pick and a must-needed pick. He is 6'5", 320 pounds, 
beast of an athlete. So I'm 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 so encouraged with that when it comes to uh, to seeing them build out this offensive line. Second pick, they follow that up with Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, another one. I mean, I keep saying slam dunk, but I mean, I, I don't have any other acronyms to, to say how, how, how much I like this pick. Antoine Winfield Jr., I know his father very well from his days in Buffalo. Um, he is, uh, if he is anything like his father, he is going to be an instant, instant uh, day one player on this roster that's going to help out. I mean, this was the thing. I, I was a strong advocate for Tampa Bay to have drafted Derwin James last season. They passed up that opportunity to take a defensive lineman. Um, and, and we can see how that hurts. I mean, the, the the secondary for the Bucks hasn't been right in how many years? I mean, since the Rondé Barber years. We can't say that they've been good. Uh, they haven't been. Um, so, I mean, this is a great pick. Winfield will be that catalyst. He will be that quarterback on the defensive uh, side of the ball for this uh, secondary. He's aggressive in run defending, and I'm not surprised whatsoever because that's exactly what his dad was good at. Um, his dad was a defensive back, not a safety, and, I mean, his dad was able to stuff running backs, tackle running backs in the open field one-on-one. So, I mean, that's a trait that obviously fell down the, the gene trail, the gene pool. Moving to the third round, Keyshawn Vaughn running back from Vanderbilt. Here we go. This one has seen a lot of debate on Twitter this offseason where we – um, have noticed a lot of analysts, a lot of uh, a lot of fantasy football in the community uh, suggesting that Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be this year's baller rookie running back. I just don't see it. I I looked at it on tape. I I, I watched his game. Um, do I hate his game? No. Um, he's very good in between the tackles. His lateral movement does make people miss in the hole, but it doesn't. He doesn't do it in the open field. Um, a lot of people say he has the average top end speed. I mean, that's where I'm at with that one for sure. I don't see him breaking runs and and going to be anything much more than just um, a tandem running back that they required. I mean, Ronald Jones is still there. Rojo's still there. And I think we're going to see Rojo actually take that step forward and take this backfield. I don't believe that Keyshawn is going to have a, a massive role. Do I believe he will be uh, involved? Absolutely. Um, especially with Tom Brady and how he loved using his running backs. I mean, this everyone wants to say this is how it's going to be in Tampa Bay. He's going to have a plethora of plays going to his running backs. I just don't see that. Um, we'll see how it, how it plays out. But again, I am not a huge Keyshawn Vaughn supporter. And again, if I'm wrong, I'll definitely eat my words, but I mean, I just don't see it. I don't see what others are seeing in this running back just because Tom Brady is now on board. You can't tell me he's going to make him into this elite level talent. I mean, we've seen how many of these running backs in new England that never really materialized. It was a revolving door all the time outside of James white. And then that's the type of skill set you need. And I believe Rojo can have that skill set over Vaughn. Uh, so moving to the fifth round, another home run in my opinion, Tyler Johnson, wide receiver, Minnesota. He fell in this uh, draft process simply because I don't think he he attended the combine. Um, I think that was the issue. He dealt with some injury as well. But this guy, to me, 
and and a lot of people will scoff, and they can scoff all they want. I believe his NFL comparison is Juju Smith-Schuster. He is literally a, a clone of Juju. Great body type, strong hands, snags the ball. His release is unbelievable. Very strong route runner. His double move is is bar none. Uh, comparable to the best in this class. He is that good. He wins contested catches as well. His juke is very good, and he does have that second gear that he can break away. The issue for Johnson is getting that burst off the line. He does take a little bit longer to get out of his breaks, but when he does, I mean, he gets going. And I think, obviously, the issue here is the fact that the Buccaneers have a very strong receiving core, so it will be difficult for him to... to find any traction uh, and playing time. But we'll see. If he can beat out uh, the third wide receiver, I believe Watson and uh, this little speedy guy, I can't remember his name, uh, evades me right now. But, I mean, if he can find and carve out a role, I don't think he'll give it back. Tyler Johnson, to me, is literally that good. And to close it out, I mean, Raymond Calias, he is the other running back from Louisiana, 5'8", 188. I think this kid actually has a better chance to steal some of the workload. He has quickness and top-end speed. I mean, this is exactly what you need in a Tom Brady offense. I think when it comes to Keyshawn Vaughn, I think he will be the short yardage running back. I think Rojo is going to be the lead back. And then you got this Calais kid. He is going to come in. He's going to be your James White type of player. I think that's the type of role he could have if he can find a way to stay on the roster. I mean, obviously being a seventh round pick is not ideal for you to find room and traction, but I mean, uh, that's how I see that shaken out. And Tampa Bay looks to be stacked heading into the 2020 season. So to conclude this, uh, Uh, this process off it is the Washington Redskins sorry Washington fans last but not least of course they start the draft in the first round at the second pick overall going for Chase Young I mean no explanation needed he was the best defensive end in this class from Ohio State the guy is generational talent I mean this is what we say this is what we see he will be a force on this defense and I was already a, a fan of what the skins have on defense absolutely this only adds to that force I think it's going to be a a very, very good uh, draft pick that will help them uh, for the long haul. Moving to the third round, they went Antonio Gibson, wide receiver slash running back. I mean, he's a hybrid player. They say he's going to go running back. Um, uh, Clearly, they don't have as much faith in Darius Geis' health. And I mean, how could you at this point? He hasn't played really at all in the NFL. His injury to his knees continue to be a problem. So, I mean, Gibson, is he going to be that guy who's going to be the all-around back he is six foot 228 so it's not like his body type isn't able to handle it um but i think he has the ability um to be a solid running back in this league we'll jump to the fourth round antonio gandy golden from liberty obviously this is another wide receiver that so many analysts in my circle have a great deal of faith in I didn't study him near enough to have that same opinion. I mean, he does have a lot of highlight catches on his film from what I did see. Um, His speed is a borderline red flag, and that's where I don't like it. I mean, when you have a guy who who can't really break free from defensive backs because of your speed, you 
you typically have a problem uh, staying on the field. Um, outside of situational placements and, and schemes, it's going to be very difficult for him to find his way on the field. I mean, they did go offensive tackle back, uh, backtrack in that before the Gandhi pick, and it, it is the LSU uh, offensive tackle, Shadiq Charles. And, I mean, this is needed as well. I mean, any any offensive line help for the Redskins is absolutely needed. And, I mean, we don't hate this pick one bit. But, I mean, outside of that, that is the NFC draft class. So, on that note, thanks for tuning in. It was a long show. It was a long time uh, between shows. Hopefully, we can, we can stop that that from happening again but i mean again on that note we appreciate you and until next time stay humble stay peaceful and take care of each other i'm out